Hello and welcome to The Word Opened with me, Bramwell, from Holness Ministries. This is a weekly podcast opening God's Word, going through verse by verse and looking at what God's Word, the Bible, says. So over the last few weeks, we've been looking at Acts 7. Those of you that have been following with us uh, throughout Acts 7, you will know that we've been looking at the, the big preach by Stephen as he stood in front of the temple court. And we've looked at how you know, that, that preach can help us with evangelism today. We also looked at you know, what that preach actually meant. And then last week we were really focusing in terms of the consequences for Stephen uh, regarding that preach. Today we're going to look at now you, what happens after Stephen's death. Stephen faces stoning from the temple court who are angered by what he has said. You know, their hearts have been stirred so much to anger but then to murder and we were looking last week at the the whole thing of yeah the fact that there's a real resemblance of what happens with Stephen to what happened with Jesus as well yeah the fact that the temple court wanted to to have Jesus killed no matter what they wanted to get rid of him the fact that you know Stephen lays there and says about the fact that you know, it's not their fault. He recognises the spiritual element of what's going on, just as Jesus did on the cross. And the fact is that you, as witnesses of Christ, we need to come to a same position. That when those who come against us come against us, that we recognize that it's a spiritual dimension that the flesh is being used as like a puppet by the demonic jesus makes it clear that we're going to face persecution we're going to face these issues anybody that thinks that they can come into a christian life is going to have an easy life and an easy walk is totally delusioned in fact i would even say that anybody that comes to christ truly comes to Christ will know before they get to that point that this is not going to be a bed of roses as they walk and today we're going to be picking up on that even further as we go into Acts 8 and we're going to be concentrating on Acts 8 verses 1 to 4 uh, throughout today's time together so let's just spend some time in prayer before we dig into this passage father we thank you that you have given us your word to equip us to help us walk more like jesus to help us show the kingdom of heaven your kingdom to earth and so as we spend this time together lord may your words be the words that come through from my mouth. May your words be what 
falls on people's minds and in people's hearts. That those who are listening will be equipped and encouraged, changed and transformed into walking more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Acts 8, verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women committing them to prison. Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. We see Saul mentioned at the end of Acts 7. At the end of of Acts 7 when we come to the stoning of Stephen we see Saul mentioned for the first time in verse 58. We know that Saul, Stephen has been cast out of the city and it says and stoned him and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. This is our first introduction to Saul and now in Acts 8 verse 1 Luke picks up and says now Saul was consenting to his death the word consenting in the greek means to be pleased with or to approve but it's interesting that you know, we can sometimes just uh, overlook the detail that's actually in god's word remember that god's word is god inspired that every single word within the bible is there because god has directed it to be there this is God's book. And so the fact that Saul has been mentioned in Acts 7 verse 58 and again a few verses later as we come to the beginning of Acts, he's been mentioned again. This is a man that you know, those, of, those of you that, that know the Bible and know the book of Acts will know what is going to happen later on. But if we look at this... So it's starting to become clear that this guy Saul is going to play a part within something. But as we look at it so far, we've seen that this guy Saul is someone who is a hater of Jews, but a hater of sorry, a hater of Christians, a lover of the Jews, and he's a man that actually is stirred to violence but he's a proud Jew he's such a proud Jew that he wants to get rid of the Christians his name is here for a reason his name is written into God's story for a reason And we're going to see that reason, obviously, later on in Acts. But 
as we're going through this verse by verse, there's a reason why he is in this here. There's a reason why, if we go back a little bit to Stephen, that Stephen's not been mentioned right up until we get into um, Acts 6. In Acts 6, he's mentioned for the first time, and he's devout, and he's full of the Spirit. Then we get into Acts 7, where he he's serving, and he's dealing with the money, and then we have this, you know, he's arrested, people don't like him, they, they turn against him, and then we have this big preach, and that's it. After Acts 7, we don't hear of him again. Why? Because he's been killed, but... The reason he's been written into God's story is because of the consequence that comes out of this. And this is what we've just read in Acts 8 verse 1 to 4. The consequence of Stephen's you know, obedience, the consequence of, of Stephen's story becomes God's story. Due to Stephen's life and the way that he lived his life and the fact that he followed Jesus, he knew who Jesus was. His obedience, the fact that he was devoted, the fact that he was obedient in all things and that he was then well respected, all plays a part in God's story to what happens to Stephen. And despite the fact that Stephen is stoned, even that is used to bring glory to God. Do you know, it, it, it doesn't, sometimes we, we don't know, we don't understand God's plan. We understand the bigger plan. We understand you know, the plan of sending Christ to die upon a cross you know, so that we can have a restoration with him, that we can have a restored life with him, that we can become into the family of Christ, that we can have our lives changed and we can be freed from sin and bondage and you know, the, the temptation of the devil. We can be freed from all of that. But we don't understand some of the smaller detail. And particularly when it affects us personally, we lose track of that. We don't understand. You know, and I'm sure that potentially even here, you know, if we just flip to Acts 8 verse 2, you know, where these devout men carry Stephen and they give great lamentation over him. Do they understand God's plan in all of this? Why? Why was a man who was so full of the Spirit in front of the temple court, who spoke truth, murdered. Particularly, why was he murdered? And you know, just a few chapters before, we see that the apostles are facing exactly the same thing, and they're not murdered. Yeah, they still have their lives. In God's plan, why? Sometimes we do never understand God's plan. But what we can be 100% sure of is that if we walk in obedience to him, everything is in his will. And in his, his will, his glory will shine. His glory will come through. And so we see this guy called Saul being picked up again by Luke. Saul is written into God's story 
He's he's outside of, of God's love at this moment in time. He's outside of salvation, but he's written into God's story. And just like every single one of us, we are written into God's story. We're written into God's will. Do you know, every single person is written into God's story in some way, whether they are in faith or out of faith. But if we look at just a few passages to, to help to, to support this, you know, go to Psalm 139, reading from verse 13. For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skilfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. The writer of the psalm, David, is talking about the fact that God has formed us. <coughs> He's formed the inward parts. He's formed in the mother's womb. God forms us. God knows us. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. God knows us. God formed you. God knew you. Even before the beginning of time, God knew you. And he knew that you were to be written into the book of life. To be written into his book into his story into his will his will for you was written and determined even before you were created just something we have to understand we need to understand this wholeheartedly because as we look at the person of Saul and as we're going to see what happens to him you know in future chapters he's written into God's story he's a persecutor of Christians God knew that God knew he was going to be a persecutor of Christians but he knew that he would be used for his own glory. Yeah, and and, and yeah, we're going to spend a lot of time looking at Saul later on because obviously, you know, a big chunk of Acts is is his story of what happens. But we look at this right now, just in this moment. You, know, you may be praying, interceding for family members or friends. And none of us will ever know whether you know, those family members or friends are actually written into God's book of life. We have no idea. 
but we can intercede and pray for them and the only way we will know is that when they come to faith when heaven reveals christ to them and reveals what he has done for them and they therefore then come into that relationship with him then we will know that they are written in the book of life well if we look at jeremiah 29 verse 11 we're just going to look at another few passages here about you know god forming us god knowing us the fact that we're written into god's story jeremiah 29 verse 11 for i know the thoughts that i think towards you saith the lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end god knows us god knows who we are for i know the thoughts that i think towards you says the lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope that's what it says in the new king james version thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope Notice that he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. He knows what he thinks of you. And he knows, as he thinks of you, that those thoughts are of peace. That those thoughts are to give you a future and a hope. That's his thoughts towards you. That's what he's thinking of you. Joe, you know, the the word thought in the uh, in the Hebrew also means plan or purpose. So his plan or his purpose for you is one of peace, is one of hope. That's his thoughts for you. The word peace also means completeness. He knows that he's going to bring you completeness or wholeness. He knows that. That's what's written in his will for you when you come into that relationship with him. If we then look at Ephesians 2, verse 10. Paul writes, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared before that we should walk in them. That God prepared before. These are what he has created before time. He knew us. He formed. And he knew his will for you. 
Let's go to Revelation 13, verse 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain for the foundation of the world. There's a book of life. There's a book of life, a book that those who come to faith in true believing relationship with Jesus Christ have their names written into. And if we then go to Revelation 17, uh, we'll pick it up from verse 8. The beast that you saw was and is not, and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of the life from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Here is the mind which has wisdom, the seven heads, the seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings, five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come, and when he comes he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not and is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These, those are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Remember again, it's talked about the book of life. There were those that will be written in the book of life, and there are those that will not be written in the book of life. But if we look at Revelations 14, it talks about those who, who are with him, are called, chosen, and faithful. Those that are written into the book of life are those who are called, are chosen, and are faithful. Being called into relationship with Jesus, entering into a relationship with Jesus is not the be-all and end-all because we have to walk in the walk of obedience to him. That shows our true faith. That shows our true relationship. And we've been walking in obedience. We are faithful to him. We are faithful to our Lord and Master, to the King of Kings. Do you walk a walk of faithfulness? Do you walk a walk of walk where you are faithful to what he gives you? Faithful to what he tells you to do? Do you walk in obedience to him? Yeah, this is the point. Do you walk in obedience to our Saviour? He is the one who gave his life up for you. How do you take that? How do you treat him? You were known. 
You were written into the book of life before time began. Were you written into the book of life? Do you know that you were saved? Do you truly know that you are walking a walk of obedience to him? Or are you playing games? Do you know the, the word church has become so watered down from what it biblically means? People can sit in church and say they are Christian because they just sit in church. Sitting in church does not make you a Christian. And as one pastor says, sitting in church does not make you a Christian just as much as going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. You need to walk a walk of faith. You need to walk the walk of obedience. You're not saved by works. The works mean nothing if you don't believe in him. But you'll be known by them. If you're walking in obedience to him. And you know, I want to point this out. That if you are saved, if you are walking that walk, you cannot lose your salvation. You don't have the right to lose it. You don't have the authority to lose it. You don't have the power to lose it because he has chosen you. You don't get a choice. And if we look at John 6, from verse 37, this is Jesus speaking. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Okay, let's just pause on that one. All that the Father gives me will come to me. So God, the Father, gives to Jesus those who will come to him those who will truly know who he is and those that are given will come to jesus they will follow jesus and those that follow jesus will not be cast out so jesus will not cast you out if you come into a relationship with him Verse 38, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus does the will of the Father. He does not do his own will. He does not follow through with his own things, but he follows through with the things that God tells him to do. We know that God sent his son into the world to die for the world. Jesus even sat and prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was on his knees, pleading at one point for that cup to be taken away, but then said, it is, if it is your will, then let it be done. Even Jesus 
had that moment. But he still went through with his father's will. And then in John 6.39, This is the will of the father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. It's just a repeat, really, of verse 37, but in a slightly different way. The will of the Father who sent him, that those that of all he has given me, so those that he has given, remember we talked about this, that those who have been given to him by the Father shall not be cast out. Now he's saying that those who have been given to him by the Father, he will not lose them. They will not lose their faith. but should raise it up at the last days. Those who have walked in a walk of faith with Christ will never lose their salvation, but will rise up on the last day. You do not have a say over your salvation. No one has a say over their salvation. This is not a choice thing. You cannot choose to lose it. Why? Because the Father gives you. But in the same return, you do not get to choose to get it. Because when heaven reveals and you are given to Jesus, it's all because of the will of the Father. It's not because of you. You are powerless over it. You do not have more power than Christ. You do not have more power than our Heavenly Father. Sure, we like to think we do. Of course we do. But isn't that what the devil wanted? Satan wanted the power. He wanted to have the authority more than God. He wanted to be ruler over everything. Is that not what human beings try to do? That they try to have the power over everything, including God. They believe that they have the choice over God to be able to do what he requires. They believe that they have the choice. There's no choice. If he's chosen you, he's chosen you and you're going to be picked off. And you're going to be put into the kingdom of heaven. You don't get a choice. And you will not be lost in that. Your identity is in him. You're written into God's story and your identity is in him. The question comes down to, are you walking in obedience to him? And when I say, are you walking in obedience to him? I'm not just talking about the things that you know, he might tell you to do. But I'm also talking about the things in his word that you should be doing. His word is full of direction. For example, marriage. Marriage between man and woman. It's a covenant. We should not be living male female 
together within a sexual relationship unless we are married. That is disobedience to God's will. That disobedience, that, that life has not changed. God's word never changes. We should not be lying. God's word never changes. Our focus should be on Jesus, not on anything else. We should not have a worldly idol. If something else is taking importance in your life and taking precedent in your life, you're in disobedience. If your full drive is financial, then that is an idol in your life that is disobedience. If you walk a life with unforgiveness, you're walking in disobedience. If you walk in disobedience, there needs to be a recognition of, am I walking in obedience to him? And if you recognize the revelation that you are walking in disobedience, it's time to deal with it and deal with it now. Because when the revelation of disobedience comes, it means that God wants you to deal with it. And you deal with it with him. You can't deal with it with yourself. You can't deal with it with anybody else. No matter you know, what, how much counselling you have, the only one that can take it away and deal with it is our Heavenly Father. I'm not saying that things like counselling don't help and don't support, but it's not the end of it. The only one that can actually truly deal with the issue that is there is our Father. And so as we've spent this time together you, and, and we've been thinking about being in God's will and being in God's story and being written into his story. And why are we written into his story? For his glory. We're going to see that with Saul. He's written into God's story for his glory. As we've been talking about these things, are you written in his story? Are you written in his life? Are you written into his will? Are you walking in obedience? Is there a revelation right now that actually there is something in your life that is of disobedience and needs to be dealt with. Deal with it. Come to him and deal with it. Because if you continue to walk in disobedience, then actually you're in danger of not being in his will. Not because you get thrown out, because you were never in it. Because he knew that you would walk in that disobedience. This is serious. And it's time to grasp this because as we're coming towards closer and closer to, a, to, to the, the time of Jesus returning, our time is getting shorter. Don't put it off till tomorrow because tomorrow may never come. 
deal with it now. In front of him. With him. Our Father, as we come to a close for this week, I just pray, Lord, that as you've been revealing those places where listeners have have been of disobedience, Lord, as you've revealed things in people's lives that they need to get right with you in terms of walking in obedience, Lord, I pray that you will give them strength to do so. Lord, I pray that every listener that's had a revelation from you will deal with that. Will bring that closely to you. Because now is the time where a revelation has been done. A revelation has been revealed. Now is the time. And so in the name of Jesus, I speak now. For a breaking off of any guilt in somebody's life towards their disobedience, towards the way that they have walked their life. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I break the guilt off now. It has no authority. Guilt comes from the devil. The devil has no authority on your life. Stand upright. Stand firm in faith. Lord, help us. Help every listener to be bold enough to preach the gospel. To preach and to share who you are to not compromise and to not compromise on what is written in the word because at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord so Lord help us to be able to to truly walk that out. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, I have to admit, as often happens, I haven't got as far as I expected to get. But, this is the way it goes. Yeah, and so for so I believe that you know, as we've been listening to, to this week's time together that, that, that what's come out the message that's come through you're written in God's will too many people think that don't even think about it there's too much to in and fro in and you one foot in and one foot out and one foot in am I saved and one foot out and you know that needs to stop because that's the devil no who you are know your identity stop wavering stop going backwards and forwards grasp this grab it with both hands know the truth because the truth shall set you free until next week God bless you 
stay safe, stay protected. And may you know that you are loved. God bless.